Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Intervenes, a new serial play by Francis Durbridge, produced by Martin C. Webster. Episode 3, Kellaway Manor. celebrated novelist and private detective, is investigating a series of murders committed by a notorious criminal known as the Marquis. Late one night, Paul Temple, together with Steve, his wife, and Sir Graham Forbes, chief commissioner of police, and members of the flying squad visit a deserted glen on the outskirts of Hampstead Heath. Here, they are to await the arrival of a man called Roddy Carson. On arrival at the glen, however, they discover to their astonishment but Roddy Carson has already arrived and has been murdered. What's that envelope you've just taken from his pocket? Hmm? Oh, it's empty. There's something scribbled on the back, isn't there? Yes, looks as though he's jotted down something. Name and address. Uh, could you bring your torch over here, sir? Oh, yes, that's better. Great Scott Temple, look! Look what it says. Sir Felix Rayborn. 492, Maupasson Avenue, St. John's Wood. Sir Felix Rayborn. Hmm. What the devil are you smiling at, Temple? I was just thinking, Sir Graham. Fancy Roddy Carson being able to spell Maupasson. Avenue, I suppose? Yes, but I, I don't see how we could have passed it. Well, there's 489 on the other side. So, obviously... Oh, here it is, do you? But there isn't any number. No, but this is it, all right. Paul, what are you going to say to him? I'm sure it would have been much better if you'd written to him first or telephoned. Oh, darling, don't be stupid. I've already told you what I'm going to say. I, I'm writing a novel, a novel about Egypt, and I want to check out some certain facts. Since Sir Felix is a noted Egyptologist, why, surely... That... Sounds awfully corny to me, darling. What do you mean, corny? Well, you could go to the British Museum. Of course, I could go to Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> this is a much bigger house than it looks, I should imagine. Yes. Oh, here's the bell. Shall I ring it? Yes. Sounds deserted to me. Yes, I'll bet a fiver the old boy's away. 
wait a minute. Wait. There's someone coming. Good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. I, I'm so sorry if I disturbed you. My name is Temple, Paul Temple, and I was wondering if Sir Felix would be kind enough uh, to... Would you mind stepping this way, Mr. Temple? Oh, thanks very much. Excuse me, I'll put the light on. It's rather dark in here. Ah, that's better. This way, sir. And madam? Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell Sir Felix you're here, sir. I don't think he'll keep you waiting long. Oh, well, she, she seems a dear old bed anyway. I say, darling, what an extraordinary room. I've never seen so many books. Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? By Timothy, they're beautifully bound. What a lovely collection. What are they? Translations from the Portuguese? No, no, they're not. Well, I'm damned. What's the matter? Why, they're all detective novels. Oh, don't be silly. Nothing I tell you, they are. Why, look for yourself, look. Good heavens, oh. so they are. I say, what a collection. Dorothy Sayers, Agatha Christie, E. Phillips Oppenheim, Freeman Wills Croft, Edgar Wallace, Edgar Allan Poe. By Timothy, they're all here. I don't see any of yours, darling. And you will, Mrs. <gasps> Temple. Oh. If you raise your head slightly and look a little to the left. Oh, forgive me if I startled you. Sir Felix Raybon. Yes. You probably think this visit is highly presumptuous of us, Sir Felix, but, well, we happen to be passing and... Uh... Yes? Yes. Well, the fact of the matter is, sir, I'm writing a novel. A novel about Cairo. Not Cairo as it is today, under modern... Oh, uh... Mr. Temple, please, please, there's no reason to offer an excuse for this visit. I'm only too delighted to see you and to make your acquaintance. As a matter of fact, Mr. Temple, I've, uh, I've been expecting you. I've been expecting you. Oh, do sit down, Mrs. Temple. I've told my housekeeper we shall want some tea. Please don't go to any trouble, Sir Felix. Oh, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. It's no trouble, I assure you. I'm very fond of tea, Mrs. Temple. Uh, do sit down, sir. Oh, thank you. What did you mean just now when you said... When I said uh, that I was expecting you? Yes. Mr. Temple, correct me if uh, I am mistaken, but you are engaged in investigating a series of murders committed by an unknown and somewhat melodramatic individual known as the Marquis. During the course of your investigations, you have discovered, or shall we say, you have been uh, made aware uh, of certain salient facts. They are briefly as follows. Now, 48 hours before... 48 hours before Lady Alice Mapleton was murdered, she paid you a visit. 24 hours before the police discovered the body of Carlton Rogers, he... Uh, he had paid me the honour of dining with me, yes. Yes, that's quite true. I believe that I was also the last person to see Maren Harwood alive, Mr. Temple. Well, Sir Felix, doesn't that strike you as being rather a remarkable coincidence? Remarkable coincidence seems to me, if I may say so, rather an understatement, Mr. Temple. Now, what do you mean? What do I mean? Now, if I were... The Marquis, Mr. Temple, if I were the man 
Sir Graham Forbes and the entire personnel of Scotland Yard were looking for. Do you think that I should be such a fool as to see Lady Alice Mapleton 48 hours before I murdered her? Do you imagine that I should dine with Carlton Rogers 24 hours before I intended leaving the poor devil dead on the beach at Newhaven? And do you think that I should be such a sheer, utter nincompoop as to be the last man to see Maren Harwood alive? Oh, now, Mr. Temple, I ask you, as a writer of detective novels, I ask you, is it likely? I see your point. I hope so, Mr. Temple. I sincerely hope so. Ah, tea. Splendid, splendid. Over here, Mrs. Clarence, over here. Temple's here, sir. Uh, yes, all right, Sergeant. Well, I expect Temple will get a bit of a shock when he finds me at Scotland Yard. He'll certainly get a shock when he sees the condition you're in, Mr. Story. Isn't that arm painful? Oh, it's... it's not too bad. But I can keep it still. Mr. Temple, sir. Well, I got your message, Sir Graham, after... Hello, Story. I say, what the devil's the matter with you? Things have been happening since our meeting last night, Temple. Why, Timothy, I can see that. I say, old boy, that arm looks pretty nasty. Oh, well, it might have been worse. Did you see Sir Felix Rayburn this <laughs> afternoon, sir? He... Yes, 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 I saw Sir Felix, but uh, what's been happening here? I think perhaps you'd better tell Temple exactly what happened in your own words, Story. Oh, yes, yes, all right, Sir Graham. And uh, tell Bradley to bring the boy back up here again, Ross. Yes, sir. Uh, well, um, when I saw you last, Temple, I, I told you, didn't I, that accidents were always happening to me? Well, as you can see for yourself, I've had another accident today. This morning I took my car out and went down to Canterbury. On the way back, about a half a mile past the new bypass road, much the same thing happened to me that happened to you and Mrs. Temple. A car came out of a side turning and made straight for me. I didn't know what to do. Then suddenly I made up my mind. I swung the car round and made straight for the blighter. There was a young man driving the other car. There was a large six-cylinder Packard. I could see it was taken by surprise. Well, as the car toppled over into the ditch, he scrambled free and made a dash for it. By this time, I was feeling pretty groggy. Well, to cut a long story short, I went after the swine. Did you catch him? Yes. Yes, I caught him all right. Oh, good for you. His name's Slater, Derek Slater. Oh. As far as we can gather, he's an actor. He's certainly a very highly strung young man. I shouldn't think he's much above 23 or 4, although he says he's 30. Will he talk? Not a word. At least Bradley can't get anything out of him. Whether he's handling the boy rightly or not, I don't know. Ah, here is Bradley. Uh, Inspector Ross told me you wanted to see Slater, sir. Yes. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Temple. Oh, rather good evening. Oh, good evening, Superintendent. You needn't wait, Bradley. Thank you, sir. Oh, Story, would you mind waiting in Superintendent Bradley's office? We shan't keep you long. Oh, no, 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 of course not. Thanks so much. Sit down, Slater. Sit down. Thank you, sir. Now, Superintendent Bradley tells me that you refuse to talk, Slater. What's the number of the car you were driving, do you know? Yes, of course I know. It wasn't your car, was it? The car was parked in a garage just outside Canterbury yesterday afternoon. It was taken there by a girl. So far, we haven't been able to trace her. Slater picked the car up at half past ten this morning. I see. Look, I don't know what all this is about. It was just an accident. An ordinary motor car accident. I'd never even seen the man before. I... I who told you about the car in the first place? No one told me. No one told you? Well, how do you know the car was in the garage? I, I don't know. 
For heaven's sake, leave me alone. Please, please, leave me alone. Now, Slater, listen. You're being blackmailed. I knew that the moment I set eyes on you. But there's something that I want you to understand. Why you're being blackmailed is of no concern of ours. No concern whatsoever. In fact, my dear Slater, we're bleakly disinterested in that aspect of the case. But we are interested in the Marquis. The man who is doing the blackmailing. I suppose you stop being a damn fool and talk. It's true that I'm being blackmailed. But oddly enough, not for money. You see... Go on, Slater. About a fortnight ago, I received a telephone message. It was from a girl. She said that I had to go down to Kellaway Manor near Bevensey Bay in Sussex. And when I got there, I should receive further instructions from the Marquis. This was on a Friday afternoon, and I went down to Bevensey on the Saturday. I stayed the night at the local inn, the Silver Swan, and on the Sunday I set out in search of Kellaway Manor. I had a game finding the place, and in fact, I very nearly gave it up as a bad job. However, Kellaway Manor turned out to be a derelict sort of mansion on the fringe of a wood almost 14 miles from Bevensey. There was no one at the place when I arrived, but on a table in the kitchen, the door was partly off its hinges and I could see into the house, there was a letter. The letter was addressed to me and... And it gave you all the necessary instructions about the Packard, the garage at Canterbury and your... your accident with Mr. Story. Yes. But this is absurd. Why didn't he send you the letter in the first place? Or get someone... I don't it? know. I don't know. But what I've told you is the truth. I swear it's the truth. Did you recognize the voice of the girl? I mean, the girl who spoke to you on the telephone? No. Temple. Temple. You don't think this place, uh, Kellaway Manor, is the place we've been, we've been looking for? A sort of headquarters? The place from which the Marquis might... I might be, Sir Graham. By Timothy, it might be. <laughs> Gosh, what weather. It's a good job we left Steve at the inn. <laughs> Although she didn't seem to care for the idea very much, did she? No. How much further have we got to go, Slater? I, I don't think it's far now. The road gets very bad. I don't think I should take all the cars No, down. I think we'd better stop. Look too safe for the car down here. Well, if one of us gets stuck, we shall be in the devil of a mess. How far is the house? It's about another quarter of a mile, sir. About 200 yards further on, there's a wire fence. A pretty hefty-looking affair. It runs all the way around the estate. I see. Does this road lead right down to the house? Yes, sir. At least down to the fence. Good. All right, we'll go down. Let the others stay this side of the fence. Yes. Uh, now, listen. Listen, everybody. Mr. Temple and I are going down to the house. Leave the rest of the cars where they are. About a quarter of a mile further on, there's a wire fence. It runs all the way round the estate. Now, spread out, and for heaven's sake, be ready for action. Uh, Ross, how many men have you got? Seven, sir. And Bradley? Nine, sir. Good. Are you ready, Temple? Yes, I'm ready. Go on, then.
Temple, I can I can see into the kitchen. Yes, it's deserted to me. Wait a minute. There, there's no one here. Things are in a pretty filthy condition, aren't they? Yeah. I suppose you would call this the larder. Hey, you wait here. I want to have a look upstairs. Just a minute. I thought I heard someone shouting. What? No. I wonder what the devil the telephone people have been doing out here. I didn't see any sign. Telephone of... people? Yes. Apparently they've been working out here for some time. Well, how do you know? The landlord of the inn told Bradley. He thought Bradley was the supervisor. <laughs> I say, Temple, listen. Well, it's Bradley. What on earth? Let's go outside. What's he saying? We can't hear you. What the devil's he doing? He's pointing to the fence. It... Man alive, they've electrified it. Electrified it? What a damn fool. Why, I also thought about that as soon as I saw the fence. But, but what's the idea? It only means It that... means that we're trapped. It means that whatever happens, we've got to stay close to the house. But what does that matter? What's it matter? Why, don't you see? They haven't been working on the telephone wires. They've been laying a mine. Holy Laying a mine, Sir Graham. And we're on top of it. <laughs> to episode three of the new Paul Temple serial, Paul Temple Intervenes by Francis Durbridge with Carl Bernard as Paul Temple. The part of Steve was played by Bernadette Hodgson, Sir Graham Forbes by Lester Muddit, Inspector Ross by Edgar Norfolk, Superintendent Bradley by Godfrey Baisley, Mrs. Clarence by Mabel France, Sir Felix Rayborn by Ronald Simpson, Sergeant Leopold by David Compton, Roger Storey by Sidney Taffler, and Derek Slater by Philip Garston-Jones. Production by Martin C. Webster.